Welcome to Season 1, Episode 1 of the Country Hipster Podcast. My name is Paul. This is my brother, Adam. Hey, guys. Uh, hopefully, by this point, you have checked out the uh, the pilot episode that we posted. We had it up there for a few weeks before launching this one. Um, and you have an idea of what we're doing here, uh, which is basically we're talking about vinyl records and uh, records we like and music in general. Uh, we should. We should have had some little intro music there, so hopefully you enjoyed that. That is... The intro music is Dirty Knife by the band Unholy Four. They're out of Charlottesville, Virginia. They're good friends of mine. And uh, if you check them out on Spotify or Bandcamp and Instagram, um, look for the Unholy Four. You can check out their stuff, buy their merch, listen to their music. And uh, if you're down in the Charlottesville, Virginia area, go check out the Unholy Four as well. So, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome. Thanks, man. All right. So... Most important part of the podcast, and shit, did I not bring the opener over? That's right. I, I you carry, got an opener. I all carry right. like six openers on me at all times. <laughs> Is the what are you drinking to portion? S- to save from the, the constant jingle of my keys, I'm just going to open up this one. All right, cool. So you don't have a choice for this first beer. We have, as uh, if you've seen uh, on our YouTube page, the content that I posted, my son Jack and I like doing a little bit of home brewing, and this is our Irish Blonde Ale that uh, we recently brewed. I did a taste test of it um, and did a taste test video of it um, and posted it to the YouTube page as well as the TikTok, which is, uh, you can follow at the country hipster. Um, and Wait, I gave my thoughts. What's on my glass? Oh, you'll see you, once you pour it in. Okay, because yours is, yours is Boba Fett. Mine is clearly Boba Fett. I can tell yes. yours is Boba Fett. Yes. I'm oh. slightly oh. confused on what mine is. Oh, you'll see, you'll okay. see. So, um, I did have one other person try, uh, well, actually, there's been more than one other people who've tried it, but in my presence, I've only had one other person try the, the Irish Blonde, um, so you are uh, the second person I get to see try it, and I want your honest thoughts and your honest opinions on uh, your thoughts on the uh, Weiss family uh, homebrew of the Irish you're Blonde. Not, you're not saving your caps. No, okay. no, you can't reuse the caps anyway. I say, because these... The, the, <laughs> The Leatherman bottle opener kind yes. of fucking destroys caps. Yeah, so what we can do with home brewing, and if you are a home brewer, you will you will uh, know this as well, we can reuse certain bottles. So these bottles are good for it. We cannot reuse the bottles that you twist. Okay. So Because you have to cap them all. So there you go. Do you see who it is now? It's Darth Vader. Oh, now yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah it's Darth Vader. There <laughs> it's you a go. weird fucking profile. There but you I see go. It. Yeah, it is. It is. So... It smells, it smells good. It smells good. All right. <laughs> it has like um, it's good. Mm-hmm. But it has like a. Do you ever like? I'm kind of a beer snob. Well, people call me a beer snob, but it has like um, like a flavor to it. But it, I can't figure out what. It's kind of almost like on a fruity note, but it like has a banana. Oh, okay. Then that's it. I was like, because I, like, yes. I definitely taste like yes. a fruitiness, but I can't figure out the fuck it is. So, so that was not necessarily on purpose. We didn't do anything in the brew to like give it a banana flavor. And you know what the thing is? It's not like um, it's not like uh, if you eat, like a banana laffy taffy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's that artificial banana flavor. I think that's what why I can't figure it out is because yeah. most things that have that banana flavor, it's that fake. Is banana. the artificial? Yeah. You know why? You know what? Actually, that banana flavor isn't fake. Really? I learned this, actually. The flavor, like, if you eat banana-flavored candy or whatever, mm-hmm. the banana flavor that they use is, like, super, super banana-y. 
It's actually a banana species that has since gone extinct. Oh, wow. And, like, that's what the flavor, that's the banana thing. That, but this is, like, if you're eating, like, an actual banana. Okay. So, so to start off the podcast, Adam is drinking the Irish Blonde, which was brewed right here at, at the Ottsville Record Garage. Well, in my um, kitchen at the Ottsville Record Garage of my house, I am drinking my favorite Irish Stout, Murphy's Irish Stout. I do love me. I do love me some Guinness. I, just, I love Guinness. I just love Murphy's that much more. I'm just, I'm just interested. You don't pour. Um, that has a widget in it. Has right? a widget in it. It you does give you, the directions to, to uh, angle it. But... No, I don't angle it. Yeah. Okay. When I pour, because I'll have one of those next, and I'll show you how I pour them. Okay. I pour them in a way that looks like it's going to cause a mess, but it's actually okay. it works perfectly every time. No, nah, no, nah, with the Murphys, even if I get like the Guinness cans, I'll just, I'll just do a straight pour and let it, let it do its thing. And as you no. can see, I got Boba Fett. On my yeah, Star Wars etched glasses. I drank some of mine, but yes. there is a Vader on Darth that. Vader on there. So yes, yeah, so that is uh, that is what we are drinking for our first drink here <clears throat> on the uh, Country Hipster Podcast from the Ottsville Record Garage. And uh, I do I do love me the Murphy's Irish Stout. It's just like I enjoy Murphy's you, as well. You get that little bit of bite that you get with Guinness, which is mm. not bad. I do like the bitterness that you get with Guinness. But this is like you have a little bit of that bite, and it's just fucking smooth and yeah. creamy and delicious and very drinkable, and you know. So, so that's uh, that's that. So, um, what have you been up to? Nothing. 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 Um, uh, what the fuck have I been up to? I've been working. I fucking I work too much. I work Tuesday through Saturday, and my I feel like my day I work overnight, so my days all blur together. Today's our sister's birthday. Oh yes, it is. Yes, I completely is. forgot. I was taking, I was, I was taking a shit earlier, and I, in my head, it was Sunday, and then I was like, no, I'm going to Paul's later to record. Today's Monday. Today's Kylie's birthday. I texted her and said, hey, I was taking a shit and completely forgot it was, it was Monday. My bad. Happy birthday. Well, yes, happy birthday to our sister Kylie. Um, so you, you thought about our sister while you were shitting and that's yeah. how you realized it was her birthday me i'm an asshole i saw our brother michael post on her facebook happy birthday kylie i went oh i guess it's kylie's birthday and so i went and checked her facebook and then said oh okay i don't really do like the whole like facebook happy birthday because like yeah. you know i actually know not that many people who are on my friends list so yeah like whatever like but if i actually personally know you i'll just send you a text so i did text her yeah. i was like yeah happy birthday i didn't say anything mean this time which paul, is a little unusual for me paul also has a history of not knowing um people's birthdays uh the, oh yes that's the, true the one time i uh so when our brother zach uh turned 21 paul took him to the aoh in bristol let's actually wait before we get too far into this for people who don't know us which isn't like many at this point because we have 11 subscribers to our youtube channel well, yeah. so which i hope you go and subscribe to our youtube channel um uh we are well he'll tell me his exact age but we are in the teens years apart so yeah. i'm season one adam is in season two uh we talked about that in a pile of episode as well so you can get caught up in that we're not going to get too into it but we are a generation between us, yeah. pretty much. So, but go on. Um, so when our brother Zach, who is the oldest of season two, turned twenty-one, he was telling me that Paul took him to the AOH in Bristol, and he was telling me like it was like a members-only type place, and um, I turned twenty-one and I didn't hear anything from Paul, and I was like, <laughs> all right, I get it, and Paul doesn't like me, um, and then 
when I turned, like, I would say it was probably like a two or three weeks before I turned 22. Um, Paul was playing at the Bristol AOH again. And I texted him and said, hey, am I going to have an issue getting in? Because to my knowledge, it was a members only type place. And he's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. If they give you shit about the 21 thing, just tell them you're with me. I was like, what are you talking about the 21 thing? He's like, you're not 21 yet. I'm like, I turned 21 almost a year ago. I'll be 22 (laughs) in a a little less than a month. And he's like, oh, shit. I'm like, all right, well, at least now I know that it's not that Paul doesn't like me enough to take me out for my 21st birthday. It's just he's a fucking idiot. Yes. So I don't I don't put I don't put years together. I don't put dates together. I get I get all all my kids, all four of my kids. I know I know their birth dates. I know when they were born and whatnot. Everybody else, I kind of put it into like. Like, oh, well, this is like this time of my life where you came around. But I don't, I couldn't tell you exactly the, no. the date or the, uh, I know you're, I know you're the 14th. Yeah. I know that, but that's because I, I know like 10 other people whose birthdays all fall on your birthday. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but, uh, so you've not been up to much. I've actually been very busy lately. Um, mm. if you guys don't know tis, this, tis the season, tis the season. So we are on the Monday after St. Patrick's day. We are filming this. We do film our episodes. Uh, we try to get a couple weeks in advance, uh, before launching them, uh, just so that we, uh, we don't end up missing any time, you know, if something comes up, cause you know, I'm married with the uh, four kids and one of them's a newborn and Adam's got, three kids that he knows of and and a girlfriend with three other kids that he knows of and (laughs) and uh, yeah so we get busy so our our goal is to do this every week and you know um but sometimes life will happen uh so we are recording some episodes in advance so that way we can stay up and uh have a new episode fresh material for you every week uh with hopefully without any gaps um but that might happen but at any rate so we are we are filming this uh, the Monday after St. Patrick's Day, 2023, um, as I mentioned in the pilot, I am in a Irish rock band, excuse me, called the Birmingham Six, um, as well as I play uh, solo shows as well most of the year. But uh, yes, so we just finished up St. Patrick's Day, and uh, it was a good time. We uh, we did two parades and a bunch of shows, and uh, as is the case every year, um, St. Patrick's Day is a shit show. I, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 the only reason I go out on St. Patrick's day is because I'm getting paid to yeah. be there, <laughs> you know? Um, but no, over, you know, we played some cool places this year. Um, you know, on St. Patrick's day itself, we, uh, if you're familiar with the South Jersey area, uh, the band played at, uh, the Dooney's pubs. Um, there's a location in Delran, New Jersey, and a location in Voorhees, New Jersey. And we, uh, we played, the uh, Del Ran one in the early afternoon and the Voorhees in the evening. Um, ultimately, we were done by nine o'clock. I was home b- before midnight, um, mm. so I was happy. I was happy about that. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. It was it was a overall pretty good St. Patrick's Day. We had the full band. Uh, there's actually only five of us in the Birmingham Six. Um, if you don't know what the Birmingham Six is, you should look it up if you want some. Uh, some education on some recent Irish history. Um, if you don't care, then that's fine. Don't look it up. Fuck you too. I don't care. How recent uh, was it? Wasn't it? Like- uh, well, okay. All right. So I'll just get into it. So the Birmingham Six. The reason we named the band the Birmingham Six, even though we don't have six members, is we named the band after the um, the six men uh, 
in Ireland who were wrongly accused and convicted of the Birmingham pub bombings in 1974. I was going to say, I knew the, I was almost 100% certain that the incident in question took place in the 70s. Yes. Yep. Yep. And they, um, it was, uh, it was the Birmingham six and then the Guilford four, which, um, the story about Jerry Conlon, um, became who was a member of the Guilford four became the movie in the name of the father, uh, starring Daniel day Lewis, hmm. which is a great movie. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's, and they, uh, they eventually, uh, found that they actually didn't do the bombings at all. The six Birmingham six and the Guilford four. And I believe it was the McGuire 12 or the McGuire 15. They were all convicted of these crimes. None of them had anything to do with it. And they had evidence about it all along and knew that they were innocent, but they still spent almost 20 years in jail and uh were released and uh, so that's why we named the band birmingham six so so there you go so that's why there are not six members in the birmingham six there's only five sometimes there's only four and if you see me solo i'm usually only one person depending on the day so <laughs> yeah i think i've seen i've seen you guys play where it's just you I forget your bass player's name. James. James. Yep. You, James, and I forget your drummer's name too. I Brian. Forget, Brian. I've seen I've, I've, the, mo- the majority of the time I've seen you guys is just you, James, and Brian. Right. Um, because if I remember correctly, the other guitar players, James's brother, isn't? Yes. It? Yep. Barry's he, James's brother, he and lives he in lives. Lancaster. Yeah, he lives yeah. far out, and doesn't he have like a? He's got like a fancy job, doesn't he? Like. Yes. Yes, he does. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what his job is. That's fine. But I know. He, I know he has like a <laughs> like his job is more important than my job. Let's put it that way. Yes, yes. Um, so I know, like, he doesn't always have... To, and then I know Joe... Joe, the fiddle player. Yep. ...is, like... Doesn't he teach? He teaches a little bit. Joe, Joe. If actually, if you ever get a chance to check it out, uh, my fiddle player is on YouTube um, giving uh, lessons about music and musicality and uh, also the Alexandra Technique. I don't know if it's something you're familiar about, but look for Joe. Look up Joseph Arnold um, violin on YouTube um, and also, I believe, other social media... And uh, you know, if you're if you're a, if you're a musician, and you have pain playing music. He can help you be pain free. Um, he has actually helped me a lot too with the with some of the methods. But yeah, he's 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 a full fledged like professional musician. Yeah, like when when like I always laugh like like I'm a musician in the sense that like I can play instruments. Uh-huh. But like Joe's a natural Joe's yes. a, Joe's a musician. Yeah, like. Joe's, Joe's like Joe's like yeah, you know, he's he's the real deal. Which is funny because now. Like, like Joe could probably like explain to me music theory. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like I don't know shit about theory. Yeah, I used to be able to read music, kind of. Can't uh-huh. do it anymore because I'm out <laughs> of practice. But like he's an actual musician. I'm just like I know how to play instruments. Yeah, so it's funny. So like since I, you know, depending, it's 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 you know how do you how do you say what's a professional and what's not? In my mind, if you're getting paid to do it, you're a professional, right? right. So now that I've quit my job. At the end of uh, January, I left my my job as a supply chain manager, um, and now I play music. So I consider myself a professional musician. I mean, I've been getting paid to play music for years, but now that's actually, unless Ottsville Record Garage actually takes off, which you should go check out, ottsvillerecordgarage.com, um, uh, I'm a professional musician, and that's that's basically my main source of income, and uh and I don't make very much money, but my wife is awesome and, and lets me do it and take care of our beautiful baby. And, and we go from there. So, but, uh, yes. Yeah, so if you saw at the end of the pilot episode that we, uh, have our box of Michael right here, it's all rush all the time for our brother, Michael crudely made. 
Um, ooh, ooh, oh, oh, banging, oh, banging oh, tables with candles God on it. Damn, bang, yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Thank, thankful it's it's off camera, so you didn't see that. Adam almost burnt down mm -hmm. the Oxville record garage. Maybe that could like. Maybe that could like steep it in musical lore. Good. Like, the record store that <laughs> the record store that never was. It never was because it burnt down during the filming of a uh, of a weird podcast yeah. in someone's garage. Uh, <laughs> a cow kicked a lantern and yeah. fucking... <laughs> we burnt down all of Ottsville. Actually, it's po it's possible in this area because where I live in Ottsville is in Upper Bucks County, Pennsylvania. That a cow literally could probably kick over a lantern and like start like some crazy fire uh, yeah. that that goes over like a hundred acres of land. I say there's a lot of trees around here. There are a lot of trees around here. And I'm here. assuming all the firefighting companies up here are volunteer, which they means are. the majority of them aren't at the station. They got to get the call to then go to the station yes. to then get their gear on to then go to the fire. I, so you'd be fucked. I will tell you one of my. <laughs> it, it's funny. One of my favorite things about living up here, specifically in Ottsville, is I am on. I'm I'm a member of the Ottsville, Pennsylvania Facebook group, right? Uh -huh. And <laughs> it is so fucking easy to trigger people. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like it's like stupid shit. Like so like, yes, it's a volunteer fire company over here, which is awesome. And uh excuse me, they're like on the other side of the road from me. Like not like right there, but like, you know, we have a big road, we have six eleven uh separating me and the uh the fire company. Um, but anytime they go out, they're close enough that as soon as they play their sirens, I can hear it. So, yeah. so like, I'll, people always just like to bitch about like the stupidest shit on there. I'll tell you a story. I'm going to continue. But I go on, right? I hear the sirens. I'll, I could just go on a Facebook page. I'm like, here's sirens on 611. What's going on? And then you get this thread of like 30 people. Oh, everybody has their theory of what it is. And oh my God, people should drive slower. And oh, I hope everybody's yeah. it's, it's the funniest fucking thing. So I like, I like doing that every now and then when I hear the sirens, it could be like the stupidest thing. I'm like, Oh, I hear sirens. And just it sets people off. It's great. I am. Um, I still have the app on my phone. It's this app called next door where it's basically a, um, you put in your zip code mm -hmm. and you, it's basically just a, like a Facebook page not on Facebook for okay. your, for your neighborhood. So people will post like yard sale shit. People will post like bitching about their neighbors on it and stuff <laughs> like that. But like the one thing I've learned is that like the majority of people in the area where I used to live have never heard an actual gunshot before. They've only ever heard gunshots on movies and TV right, right, and right. stuff. So any type of loud bang is a gunshot. Well, it's, it's funny. It's okay. So it's funny you say that, right? So I grew up in Philadelphia, right? I, 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 was born in Philadelphia, grew up in Philadelphia, did not live outside of Philadelphia until I moved in with Katie, which was four years ago. And that was just in Ben Salem, which if anybody says like, oh, I live in Ben Salem, like I'm from Philadelphia, but I live in Ben Salem. You're not from Philly, yeah. asshole. You live in Ben Salem. So Ben Salem is outside of Philadelphia, just outside of Philadelphia, but outside of Philadelphia. And I actually realized after moving up here, I never heard gunshots at all living in Philadelphia. Yeah. I hear them every fucking day up here, though. Yeah. <laughs> like constantly, I'm hearing gunshots. Yeah, so. people people would be constantly posting on this fucking people on those on those types of things hate fireworks with a passion. Oh yes, yes. So it's constantly just like fireworks are going off, and people are like, "Is that gunshots?" I'm like, "No, no, no that's fine." So it was like it was like Fourth of July one year, and I and I went on there. I was like, "I'm I've been drinking and I'm bored. <laughs> Fuck these people." So like, there's fireworks going off, and they're like, "Is that gunshots?" I thought I heard I thought this was a nice neighborhood to live in. <laughs> And people are like, yeah, like people got what I was, some people got what I was doing, but then other people were like, mm, 
I'm pretty sure it's the 4th of July, sir. Yeah. And then people were like on my bandwagon, like, oh my God, that's terrible. Like, <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. That's great. Some woman, it was like Halloween one year was on a, um, was on a Wednesday. And this woman wrote on there, she's like, when do kids in Ben Salem trick or treat? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what day of the week it is. They trick or treat. So I just quickly wrote on her December 4th. <laughs> just to be an asshole. And then like. I made my good joke, and then everyone else started just typing in random dates, and it was really bugging me because people were like, oh, December 25th. I'm like, no. Like, no, come on. That's Christmas, asshole. Yeah, it's like, we, like, fuck you guys. Yes. yes I had yes. my funny bit. You guys are taking it and ruining it. But yeah, yeah it's fun to fuck with people on those types it of is. websites. It is. Especially when you have, like, nothing investment. You're just like, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't fucking care. Yeah, if you don't get a dog in the fight, it's really fucking yeah. fun to just skirt around on that with those yeah. pages. So after getting a sidetrack from almost burning down the Oddsville record garage yeah. for a second, from the box of Brian... A box of Michael. Sorry, Brian's oh the dead guy. Uh, from the box. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I think it's going to be an official thing. Whenever we talk about someone dead on the podcast, we mention that someone's dead. We got to drink a toast to him. So, to Brian. I think Brian. it's the second time we're drinking to Brian. Mm. Probably. And I'm out of beer, so I need another one. Can you get me one of those Murphys? You want you want a Murphys? Yeah. All right. Here's Murphys for you. Just so I can show you how to pour one properly. Oh, thanks. And I am actually going to go with the Irish blonde myself. All right. So you, all you guys watching at home, you take your Murphys, you take your glass. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen that, too. And you yeah. just let it sit. Yeah. In a second, it'll equalize and stop pouring. Oh, yeah. And then you literally just lift the can straight out. And it gives you the perfect pour every fucking time. Yep. Yeah what they usually do in like uh like when you go if you go to like uh concert venues or sporting events and they have like the guinness in kansas they they basically do it the same way because they're so like fucking just busy trying to yeah trying to take care of everybody i said i always feel bad when i go to a bar like when i go to bars with katie and she's like what are you drinking and i have to look real quick i'm like nine times out of ten if i'm going to a bar and if they have guinness on tap i'm drinking guinness excuse me um uh so i always feel bad ordering a guinness because Guinness takes a while to pour. Well, if, if you pour it right. If yeah. you pour it right, it takes longer than mm-hmm. a normal beer to pour. Yep. So I always feel bad ordering a Guinness, but not because, fuck you, I like Guinness. Yeah, don't no, have it on tap if you're not willing to fucking pour it. Right. What I really feel bad is every once in a while I'll get half and halves. Oh, uh, yeah. No, you're an asshole. And, and they, I was like, oh, well, like so, they, so it they fucking hate me. It depends me. on the bar and depends on how busy they are. Every Well, that's the thing. I won't order a half and half if they're busy. Me and Zach, yeah. our brother Zach used to go to... Um, Paddywax Welsh mm-hmm. at like nine o'clock on Tuesdays. There'd be okay. no one in there but me, yeah, him, so and the yeah, bartender. So order, order and I'd order a half and half. Yeah. But like, and I would always, I'm the type of person who like, like people. What do they say? Like uh, when you when you go to a restaurant with a big party, like gratuity is always included. Yeah. It's like fifteen percent. Yeah. I don't like my, when I tip. I tip. My tips start at twenty. Right. So like, I always tip well. Yes. You should, tip, and you should. And tip, you should. tip well enough that when, like when I go to bars that I'm that I would frequent, they know they you. would walk immediately over to me when I sat down because they know that you know I take care of them yep. if they take care of me. Yep, yep. Um. So yeah, fuck them. Like it's it's delicious. Yep. So back to it. Now we keep getting <laughs> yeah. sidetracked. We're gonna... <laughs> we took from the box of Michael. Oh, see, it looks even better. It looks even better with yeah, the fucking right? with, with, the with, with a dark yeah, beard. Yeah, it does look cool. Um. So we took from the uh, box of Michael random envelope that was uh, numbered, and that is how we are picking what the next episode is. And we picked the first episode for season one, episode one, and we have 
Bright eyes. I'm wide awake. It's morning. I, should, right. I wish I prepared because this is actually one of the albums that I could have also. This is on Paul's list. Yes, this is. But this from is my an list. album that I could have also had on my list. Well, if you want to go grab yours, and I'll I'll talk about the album a little yeah. bit there. So so this is um this is my personal copy. Um, this album was originally released in January of 2005 on Saddle Creek uh, Records, and it was produced by Mike Mogus. See, we actually have two different uh, versions of this, uh, the same album. Yours is probably... Which I really want, I'm interested now to figure out which, A, which one of ours is older, and B, which one of ours is worth more money. Yours is older. Um, we'll get into the, the, the value of it yeah. later on in the podcast, but yours is older. Um, mine, I know that it is the 2016 remastered version, um, which was remastered by Bob Ludwig, and we will also get into that a little bit as well. So there are some differences between the two. So, oh, your shit's you have too much plastic on. <laughs> I was trying to see if I was trying to look at to see if it had a newer copyright date on it, but it's uh, covered this, by shit. Yeah, so it's still gonna be the yeah the same copyright two thousand five. So because that's when it came out. That's when the album. No, came but out. I was curious if it would have a, a more recent date on it as well. Ah, well, so yeah, so the reason okay so that adam can't see what he what he sees when i have my personal records i don't keep all of my records in a poly sleeve this one i do keep in a poly sleeve not really sure why i put this one in a poly sleeve but i do um i do try when i get my personal records when i open them up i try to keep them in the shrink if possible i try to do that as well you know um this guy has a little little uh spine sleeve here so i wanted to make sure that didn't get lost because once i take the, the shrink off i'm losing the spine sleeve i know yeah. that I know there's people who will say, "Oh no, you gotta take the shrink off because you know you're on, you're gonna end up wearing the cover. You're gonna get some ring wear. You know what I mean? It's like whatever. I'm gonna get ring wear anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, you know what I also like? Um, I like keeping trying to keep the the shrink wrap on there mm-hmm. because um, a lot of times, like for instance, I don't um, I don't we don't I brought it back to my girlfriend's, but the but uh, seasons in the abyss, I like it. There's a few records in my collection where when you pull them out, they still have the shrink wrap on them, uh-huh. and they still have the price tag on them. Yes. I like having the price tag on there. Um, one of the albums that's on my list that'll come up in the future um, had like things written on it from the record store I bought it from, um, which we'll discuss because the thing is actually kind of interesting. Okay. Um, so I like to keep that on there it's for the same thing like there's some that i had that have like the promotional stickers on mm-hmm. them and shit and yep. no, the things cool. that say like oh it comes with a free mp3 download when you buy the album or yep yep so but yeah this so so i was i was psyched um you know it's it's uh it's a great album um you know it's the fifth studio album by bright eyes slash connor arpst um, is that how you pronounce his name? Orbst, Erbst. I, I always know. say Oberst. Oberst. Maybe it is Oberst. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a dyslexic, illiterate that's, bastard. That's true. So. Not that all dyslexics are illiterate, just me. No. Um, it, this did peak at uh, 10 on the Billboard 200 when it came out in 2005. Oh, I didn't know that. And uh, number two on the Billboard Independent Charts. Uh, Rolling Stone magazine uh, named it number 50 of the top 100 records of the decade. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of the facts behind uh, the album. Um, I said my personal copy uh, is a 2016 remastered um, pressing of the album. Uh, so 
the reason I got it, besides the fact that I just like the album, um, that's when I was working on um, Internet Record Exchange, and I had a partner, uh, one of my partners there, was actually going to see Bright Eyes at the Union Transfer in Philly, and he wasn't that into Bright Eyes, like this album, uh, which I'll talk about that in a second as well, um, uh, but Dawes was opening up for him at this concert. So, um, he was more into Dawes at the time. Mm. Um, and so, but he really liked this album. So I, I really like this album. Um, I will say that I have, uh, I have tried to listen to other Bright Eyes stuff and I think it's all shit. Spoiler alert. He's going to have to listen to I some know. more Bright Eyes shit for this, for this podcast. I know. So. I, I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but, uh, but no, so like this album, this album solid, but like he, he went to see ma- can, can mainly, I pause you for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you listened to Connor Oberst, wherever the fuck you pronounce his last, his last name? Have you listened to his two, what they consider his solo albums? Yep. How do you feel about those? Shit. Shit. Okay. Shit. <laughs> it's consistent, consistent yeah. shit. Um, which in, is all, it's in weird. In my opinion. It's weird to me that like he has solo albums. Yeah, no, because I, Bright yeah. Eyes, my understanding of what Bright Eyes is, is Bright Eyes is him writing music, and then he has a bunch of different people who randomly travel with them, record with them, yep. perform with them. Yep. Um, so in rea- in reality, technically, it's him. Yeah, but you know, there's there's, there's but he does does he write everything? That's the thing I don't know. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure yeah. of that either. But but that is the thing. That is that's the difference between you know, the artist and the business part of it. So it's like, you know, when you look at artists like, you know, well, hold on, let me go back to my other story. Yeah, then we'll get into we'll that. You're sidetracking. We're going with a three hour podcast again. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, so he went to see Dawes, um, which was kind of cool as they were opening for, for bright eyes and they finished their set and they go, so, I know you guys are really excited about Bright Eyes. We're not going anywhere because we're Bright Eyes banned for the yeah. night. And then and then Connor came out and did the, did the yeah. thing. And that's, you know, but like he was getting ready to go to the thing. We were talking about this album and how this is the album I like. And he, and he likes more of their albums, but agreed that this is probably his best album. And, uh, you know, um, so so that's why I had bought this. Um, like I said, but this this particular one is not the 2005. It's not an original pressing. It is a, a 2016 remastered version, and it was remastered by Bob Ludwig, and um, he is a master engineer who has worked with over 1,300 artists. Most notably, this guy, and I didn't even realize this, like and how like kind of cool this kind of was, uh, especially when you think of like an indie rock artist. Um, he's worked with Led Zeppelin, Lou Reed, Queen. Jimi Hendrix, Nirvana. Uh, he's worked with Springsteen, Daft Punk, and remastered a bunch of the Bright Eyes albums. Hmm. Um, basically, all like the early classic Bright Eyes albums, yeah. as they consider them. Um, he's won a bunch of Grammys, and he's also been nominated for just as many Grammys that he he's he's lost as many Grammys as he's won. As a his way to, to look at it, but uh, I keep looking at my beard in the in the thing. In the thing, yeah, yeah it looks good. <laughs> no, looks I good. keep seeing like like. The light hits it, so mm-hmm. like I keep seeing like what looks like gray, but isn't it's just like like the lighter section of my beard uh, that the light. Oh, hits. it'll get gray. Dude, no, trust me, there's gray in there. Yeah. There's a I, there's a shit ton of gray in there, but just, this these parts right here are just blonder than the rest, and right. the light hitting it makes it worse. So so back to that, like what I was saying. So there's a difference between like the artist part of it and then the 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 business part of, of mm. music. So like, I, 
being a band is it's it's a weird it's a weird dynamic sometimes right especially you know i've never gotten famous obviously you know what i mean like i i have one song that i get a very little bit of like notoriety for which means i get a uh royalty check for 25 dollars every year um but uh so move on oh yeah but so so but it's not even really like a thing right so it's not it's it's so minute it's 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 not a thing but when you get into these like bigger things like these actual like artists um who who make it huge man they're so like the business end of this is so weird but that's why you have like you know bands like tom petty and the heartbreakers bruce springsteen and the e street band right so they've all put out solo albums they put out Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker albums, and then there's Tom Petty albums. Mm. There's uh, there's uh, Bruce Springsteen albums, and there's Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band albums. It's all Tom Petty. It's all Bruce Springsteen, but business-wise, it's a different dynamic. Even thing with Elvis Costello. You have Elvis Costello and the Attractions, Elvis mm. Costello and the Imposters, and then you have Elvis Costello. Mm. And it's just how it breaks down. Sometimes there's a difference in sound. Sometimes it's like the same thing, but like there's infighting in the band. Or... Maybe they just don't want to split money. You know what I mean? But yeah. they're at a point where like, well, you know, I'm doing all this work anyway. I just want to keep the money for myself for these couple of things. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, you know, it, it breaks down weird, differently. Weird weird story about something like that, which is cool because I have an autographed movie poster from him. Yeah. Alice Cooper, right? So most, well, I don't know if most people know this, but a lot of people know this. I actually did not notice this or know this until I... Um, was uh, working on the distribution of the movie Super Duper Alice Cooper, which is a, a, a rockumentary about Alice Cooper. It's a great fucking name. It is. It is. It's, it was actually the, the when I I was in the movie industry for for about five years as a trafficking manager, um, and it was actually the first film that I got to work on. You know, from from a distribution standpoint, from beginning to end, it was mm. the first, this is the first project I got to work on when I started there. So I'm like, oh man, this job's gonna be fucking cool, man. We're gonna do shit like fucking super duper alice cooper and like fucking shit like that and then the next thing we put out was the fucking pirates of penzance nice. so yeah exactly so went downhill real fast equally as metal as equally fuck. as metal as, as alice cooper. but so <laughs> what i didn't realize at that time until i until i saw the movie was that alice cooper was a band it was the name of the band it was mm-hmm. alice cooper and it was the five guys or four guys whatever it was also didn't realize that the first album was produced by frank zappa which was also kind of cool too hmm. um but um ultimately the band started going different ways and the the singer who is now alice cooper pulled a straight fucking power move because he didn't own the band yeah right he didn't own alice cooper but everybody thought he was alice cooper so he legally changed his name to alice cooper because because uh-huh. the, the rest of the band as they were as they were breaking up was like well you can't take the name Alice Cooper with you like, so he's like all right well fuck you and he went and changed his name well, now to Alice Cooper and they're like what are you what are you going to tell me I can't he legally changed it and they're like what are you telling me I can't I can't use my own name Ooh. and so that's the rest of the band was like motherfucker and because they knew they couldn't do anything yeah, and then <laughs> and then he kept going on and that's fucking you know, as as Alice Cooper so funny though funny I actually worked on the first movie I worked on with that company and the last movie i worked on with that company both had fucking alice cooper in it what was the last well the first one was super duper alice cooper the last one that we put out as a company was wayne's world we did oh that's right yeah we did a uh the 21st anniversary of of wayne's world 20 wayne wayne and garth's 21st birthday and alice cooper has that part in wayne's world which i actually like um but anyway back to back to bright eyes back to this album we're covering so um 
what are, what are your thoughts? What are your personal thoughts on I'm Wide Awake It's Morning? All right, so I'm Wide Awake It's Morning came out while while I was in high school. Um, I was introduced to Bright Eyes uh, by a girl that I was dating in high school. Um, I think I want to say that this album was the first album of Bright, by Bright Eyes that I heard, um, followed very closely by the other album that he released on the same exact day. Um, and I've always enjoyed Bright Eyes. Um, the thing that kind of blew my mind was one time while seeing Paul play solo, Paul played a Bright Eyes song, song off of this album, which blew my mind because Paul has always been very vocal about the music that our brother Zach and I listen to, <laughs> um, and how much he hates it and how, and he loves to ridicule it. So when pa- part of that's just older brother. No, I, now, you know. no, I know. So like. <laughs> But when Paul played, started playing a Bright Eyes song, I was like, I didn't know, A, I didn't know Paul knew who Bright Eyes was. <laughs> and B, Bright Eyes, like, is, uh, to me, is, like, the epitome of one of the things that Zach and I listened to that Paul would make fun of us for. <sighs> so the fact that, like, Paul, A, was playing a Bright Eyes song and is B, now likes a Bright Eyes song enough to include it in his top, in his 25, is ridiculous to me. Um... I, this album and Digital Ash and Digital Urn were both released on the same day. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoy, I really enjoy both of those albums. Um, I enjoy a bunch of other individual songs by Bright Eyes. I I probably haven't listened, I've probably only listened to Bright Eyes, technical Bright Eyes albums three full bright eyes albums mm-hmm. this digital ash and casadega okay um and so this is the only one i could say i've listened to all the way through because the rest of them i gotta turn off and do yeah. all the fucking album because i'm like this sucks um that like being it. said i do enjoy i do really enjoy connor Oberst's first um solo album i believe is called sausalito um Beats me. yeah <laughs> um so i've been a fan of bright eyes since high school um I have a, I had a friend in high school who used to refer to uh, she she liked Bright Eyes didn't know who what the what it was called but would refer to it as the the one where the guy sounds like a goat. Um, that's how she would always. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, that's actually. how she would always refer yeah. to as bright for to refer to Bright Eyes as. That's pretty accurate. Um, so yeah, I've I've always enjoyed Bright Eyes. Um, I got my first acoustic guitar when I was in high school, and learned how to play a few bright eye songs after directly after that um actually today i was before i started driving up to paul's i was actually playing um a couple songs off this album um and uh yeah i just thought i've just I've, I've always enjoyed it i'm in my my knowledge my the the mythos that i've always heard is that like he's connor Roberts has always been regarded as like one of those like boy genius musicians Type, okay. type things where like he's like he shouldn't be able to write shit that he writes at his age that mm-hmm. kind of bullshit okay. like he's like is a like I a see pro- that. like a he's prodigy like, old soul. like a prodigy type thing okay. um i don't know the fuck about that um but i mean i've always enjoyed i've, I've yeah i've just always enjoyed bright eyes like i said this is probably the first bright eyes album i listened to mm-hmm. probably the first song i ever heard by bright eyes was on this album was road to joy okay um 
And I, the only reason I heard that is because I think our brother Zach was like, hey, listen to this. It's like that fucking Beethoven song. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always enjoyed it. And I've always been surprised that Paul knows this album because I <sighs> thought Paul would have made fun of me for knowing this album. No, this album I don't. Um, <laughs> mm. My introduction to, to this album, because um, I, I tried listening to some Bright Eye stuff um, in the early 2000s. Um, and I just, I just couldn't get into it. I just wasn't into it. I, um, I do not, I try not to be closed minded with music. Um, so I will generally try to listen to anything. Mm. Um, especially if someone who I generally respect as a musician or just their opinion on music says, Hey, you should check this out. Even if it's something that I don't particularly, I wouldn't normally listen to, which one of those albums is in my top 25. If someone said, Hey, you should listen to this album. And I was just like, really? No. Should I? And I fucking love the album, which we'll get into later. Um, when we possibly pick that episode, well, we will pick that episode yeah. at some point. But it'll, it'll yes. get there. But I don't, that's one of those albums, and and so you know, like people are like, oh, you should check out Bryce. I try to listen to Bryce. I just couldn't fucking get into it. No. And then my friend, who I actually this this is totally my fault. Um, not uh, I don't know. It just is what it is. So I have a friend Frank who is the singer of a band, another Irish band, in the Philadelphia area called Jameson Celtic Rock, and I know that this album is one of his all time favorite albums. And I originally said, Hey, it, you know, with episode one, season one, when we pulled this, I sent him a text, like we're doing the podcast. First album is bright eyes on wide awake. Do you want to be on the podcast? And he was like, fuck yeah, I do. And then St. Patrick's day happened as again, as I mentioned, we are recording this three days after St. Patrick's day. So his band is very, very busy. My band was very busy. Everything just kind of like, oh, God, we, you know, it was, it's been two weeks since we actually uh, filmed the pilot. Mm. Um, so I totally dropped the ball and forgot to follow up on him. He also didn't follow up with me, which means that he's probably fucking exhausted, too, knowing what their schedule is and my schedule. So I apologize. Yeah, I can imagine that, like, the week after St. Patrick's Day for an Irish band is, like, just like a week-long hangover. Uh, kind of is. Yeah, I'm still feeling it a bit. I'm yeah. still, and, I, and, I, and I don't drink on St. Patrick's Day. Like, I had a beer... On St. Patrick's Day, I had a beer at 10 a.m. and I had a beer at 9 p.m. when I was done playing. No. Um, and I don't, I don't drink in between because I, it's just, it's too much, too much work. And now living, you know, so far away from the areas I'm playing, um, it's, it's just not worth uh, driving after having a few beers. But, um, but at any rate, so I, I did mean to have Frank on the podcast for this episode. Um, had it been picked later on, he probably would be here, but he's not. So I apologize, Frank, if you're watching this. But Frank is actually the one who turned me on specific, kind of turned me on to this album because he, in his solo shows, would cover We Are Nowhere and It's Now. And he would preface, and it's funny because like Frank and I have known each other since high school. We, we went to high school together. And he would preface before he played a song, like I'm going to play a song by a band called Bright Eyes. And it's off this one album that is the only good album that Bright Eyes ever put out. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I can't, now that, I was, now that you said that, I was thinking about it. I don't remember what song you played by him, but now that I think about it, I, it may have been "We Are Nowhere." And it it might have been. It might have yeah. been. Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh. Yeah. So. So I and I at, at first I was like, eh, maybe I need to give him another shot. I need to give him another shot, and I didn't. Mm. I, I just didn't. But I did like that song and like yeah. you know hearing Frank play it in his solo shows. And then I was dating a girl who, I I ended up telling her the story. I guess I was dating or whatever whatever we were doing, uh, for eight years. Of not dating until we weren't dating. No. Um, <laughs> it's confusing. <laughs> it is. I think it was confusing to a lot of people. Yeah. But at any rate, um, 
you know, she had said, oh, no, that is a really good album. You'd probably like it. Here, take a listen to it on, on my iPad or my iPod, whatever. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Yeah, I'll give it my another shot. iPod shuffle. Yes, the iPod shuffle. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, let me let me give it a shot. Because at the time, I was, I was living in uh, Fishtown in Philadelphia, but I was working up in Doylestown, and I had many, 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 many car problems. So I would, I would take, uh, basically it would take me two hours to get to work because of the train schedule. Mm. Um, so I had a lot of time to kill to and from, uh, work, uh, with the regional rail. Cause only so many go from Philadelphia to Doylestown. They usually stop in Lansdale. So I was like, fuck it. I'll give it a shot. And so it's funny. You mentioned road to joy. Um, it, in my opinion, number one, let me just say, in my opinion, this album is great. It's, it, it really is from beginning to end. Great album. Um, it's one of those albums that, and this, this is one of the things I love about a great album is that everything fits. Every single song fits. They I agree. All, they all go together and the, and it goes down to the order from like the beginning to the end. And like, yeah, there might be a good song like towards the end of the album, but that's where it needed to be on, on the, you know, basically the set list of the album. Um, and this is one of those albums and it, and it's an album that like as a musician to me sounds like it, and I have no knowledge of this, but I feel as if this album was written very easily. Like one of those albums that just happened. Like I, mm -hmm. like I have a feeling that like, you know, he sat down and he just started writing songs. And then like three days later, boom i have a fucking album worth worth of music yeah. to to go and record but the first song and the last song are my least favorite songs on the album um i was thinking of, like we talked to me me and our brother zach talked about this um we covered on our our podcast on summer movie club we don't just cover movies we also have covered some tv shows one of which being we covered the last the the controversial last season of game of thrones um and we were talking about how people regard Game of Thrones as one of the best TV shows ever. So, but by default, even if you have a group of something that's the best that's ever been created, by default, one of them has to be the worst. Right. Um, there's only one song on this album, which I don't really care for, but it's still like, it's like, like you said, it's still a good song. It's still the worst song in this album is still better than the best song on some, on some albums. Yep. Yep. yep, yep. Um, what song is that? Uh, Train Underwater. Okay, all right. I just don't. It's just it. I I, I will get to it in a yeah. minute. I took I took notes on it, but my note for it is literally just it's it's um it's boring. It just it just bores me. Like it, okay. It it drags on and it just to me it's it just by the by the time the song's done. So the way I took my notes for this podcast. Um, the way I'm going to take my notes for this podcast is I listen to the album all the way through and every time a new song comes on, I write down my initial thought that comes to mind with the song. And then I listen to it again, focusing more on the lyrics of it. And I'm going to write down my favorite lyric from mm -hmm. the song. My note for this song was, it seems like the song goes on forever. And it literally took me the entirety of the song to find the lyric that I wanted to write down. And it was literally the first lyric of the song. Okay. Um, it just, yeah, for some reason, like, don't get me wrong. It's not a bad song. It's just my least favorite song on the album. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's funny. It's, you know, that's, that's really my least favorite are, are the first song and the last song road to joy. And, uh, at the bottom of everything, at the bottom of everything is, is the first song, which 
you know, even the story in the beginning, I know, like, apparently that's, like, his thing where he, like, talks at the beginning of his records and then goes into um, the I, song. That's, like that. that's, actually, that's actually my note about um, at the bottom of everything is do we really need the talky bit? Exactly. It's it just works. Like, Have you ever yeah. seen the video? No. It works for the video. Um, because okay. it's a video. Right. There's a visual aspect to it. Right, right. But if you're driving in the car listening to this fucking album, you don't need the fucking... You don't need the, the talky bit. You can go right into when the, the first mm-hmm. verse of the song kicks in, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, in the video, it works, though, because you can tell a visual story with the song. Um, in the video, uh, uh, the people who are having the conversation that takes place at the beginning of the song are Evan Rachel Wood and Malcolm McDowell. Oh, okay. Well, it's actually, it's funny you say that. Okay. I've never seen a video, so I wouldn't know. I am switching up to a Founders All Day Crimson Sky, which is a Session Red IPA. Uh, actually, when I bought this, I bought a uh, bought a, like a mixed 12-pack of re- IPAs. I was really confused. I was like, how am I just going to link back to Evan Rachel Wood? Oh, I'll get, I'll get there, but I got to go. <laughs> uh, uh, well, actually, I'm going to talk about like famous people connected to this. Gotcha. Um, but, so when I bought this... Um, this uh, mixed 12-pack of Founders IPAs, um, I, the reason I bought it was because it has a Session Red IPA. And, uh, excuse me, I've never seen a Red IPA. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to try it. And it's pretty good. It's actually, of the of the whole 12-pack, it's probably actually the least, the best, least best beer. That it's like, it's 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 good, but it's You're like, not a huge IPA fan, I feel like. I'm getting more into IPAs. I actually. remember for a while you weren't oh, a fan. Oh, I would not fucking go. Well, so and it, then you know what I think it was? I think you had... And I may have given it to you. You, I, I, I was. I may be thinking of someone else completely. But you weren't a fan of IPAs, and then I'm pretty sure I gave you an IPA by a local Philly. Actually, Paul mentioned Fishtown, a Fishtown brewery called Evil Genius, called Han Shot First. I've had Han Shot First, but I, that's actually not where I got an IPA. Oh, okay. Um, I do like Han Shot First. Then I'm thinking of somebody else completely. Yes, you are. Katie, actually, my wife, Katie, got me into IPAs because she is a very good beer drinker and when we started dating i'm like i guess i'm gonna have to try some other stuff what i didn't realize is there's so many different types of ipas yeah so there are some ipas where i'm still like no fuck that i'm not drinking that i can't think of any offhand um but i learned about new england ipas hazy ipas west coast ipas now there's a red ipa so like like as i learned more about them i'm like okay this is this is like i get this there's certain ones i like at a certain point though it sounds like they're just making shit up like oh yeah almost like genres of like Oh, it's fucking, it's post something, post metal grind yeah. core. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. Yes. Like, yes, yes, yes. Now, it, at one point, it, get, it does get ridiculous. But, but yeah, so no, no, I actually, I there's actually a fair amount of IPAs I like. There's still some I won't go near. And what, yeah. what I usually, well, where I'll test the waters is if my wife is uh, is drinking a beer, which she doesn't do too much anymore because we have a newborn um, and she's breastfeeding uh, and she's on a wine kick as well. Um, which I'm always on a wine kick. Um, but at any rate, um, she would, she would like be drinking. And I was like, would I like it? And she looks at me, she's like, no. Yeah. And it's not, and she's not being selfish because she wants it on herself. She knows that like, no, he's not. He, if I, do I the, drink this, I'm, I'm not going to like it. I do. So. I do the same thing with Katie. Cause Katie, mm. um, with my, we didn't mention this. We both, yeah. I'm married to a Katie. He is dating. Yeah. Katie. So, so my Katie, your Katie is I E my Katie is just I. Yes. Um, she, uh, she is a beer drinker, um, but she doesn't go for a lot of the craft stuff. She's very content with a PBR, um, 
a lot of a lot of times um, <laughs> we've actually been the there's a Royal Farms by her house that we buy like the majority of our beer from just because it's there. And Have you gotten her fried chicken? Yeah. Yeah, is not, it really that good? It's not bad. I haven't had it. It's I not. Had the Royal Farms. It's. I mean, it's. I wouldn't say world famous like they claim to be. Okay. It's not awful. All right. But like you know, you're getting fried chicken at a gas station. It's not bad for them. Remember how like we talked about egg rolls from Wawa? Yeah. Where they're not bad because they're from, Wawa, from Wawa, but if you yeah, got but, them but got, from yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. If I went to like some place like in the south and that's the fried chicken that they had, right. I'd be pissed. Okay. But, for getting it at a gas station, it's well, not bad. Well, technically, it is the South because Royal Farms, well, not up here, but like Royal Farms apparently um, originated in Maryland, hmm. uh, which is below the Mason yeah, Dixon line. So, it's, so, it's, so it is technically the South, even yeah. though like, I kind of look at Maryland as the North anyway. Yeah. Um, but so uh, apparently, it's supposed to be really good, like from Maryland. I, I don't yeah, know. Not, I fucking love fried chicken. It's definitely not so. bad. It's like, it's also nice being able to go to a gas station and like what I get from there a lot is their breakfast sandwiches. Okay. Cause like when I was working day shift, um, I would open for an entire week. So I had to be at work at 6am. I'd stay at Katie's who lives 30 to 45 minutes, depending on traffic from my old work. Uh-huh. Um, so I would wake up, go to Royal farms, grab smokes, grab monsters, grab uh chicken on a biscuit nice. with honey. Okay and go to work all right um so i fuck around with their breakfast sandwiches a lot but their okay. their 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 chicken's not terrible okay yeah i gotta try it we have one in quaker town i'm gonna have to oh, head I, over oh I was like it. what the fuck was i talking about but yeah we get the majority of our beer from there and we for the for some reason it's either when we go it's either do you want american or do you want canadian <laughs> so it's either are we getting pbr or are we getting labat well what's funny is okay so we have we have um turkey hill like right like yeah. five, less than five minutes from me um and and my choice is are we getting american or are we getting mexican oh okay so a lot of times i just get modello from there and i was like like, depending on highlight from modello that's usually what i depending on what mexican they have because in my opinion the majority 99.9 percent of mexican beers are terrible aside from modello and dos equis amber Uh, i don't know man i actually like mexican beers I'm into I don't, them. I don't care. Yeah. For them. Overall, it's like if I if I go and I can't if I can't decide, I'll yeah. go I'll go with the Mexican beer. Um, we we in the in the last podcast we were drinking the stuff from uh, uh fucking uh the Chamonix Chamonix Creek, Creek the Mexican, and they the, they have Mexican lager which is fucking yeah. delicious. But, which is like what the, what the warehouse lager is is I think considered a Mexican. Oh, is lager. it? Oh, yeah. okay, okay. All right. So um oh so back to it. Connecting Rachel Evans, oh, Woods, Rachel or, Ever- or, yeah, yeah, and and Malcolm, who is it? Malcolm McDowell. Okay, so they, you know, you have these famous people in there. Caligula. There you go. What I did not know until today, and I always thought about, it, I was like, so you'll hear in certain songs. There's three songs where you'll hear a female voice on, oh, on which, the album. When you came in and I was pulling apart your album, it's because I was reading the liner notes to see who the female vocalist mm-hmm. was. So I had no idea who that was. Fucking love it. I and I thought yeah. I thought it. And what I always liked about the three songs that that this this woman is on is that it's it's harmonies but it's not perfect harmonies yeah and it's and it's i almost feel like when they when they did those songs they they recorded connor doing his vocal tracks and then they recorded the woman doing her vocal tracks and put them together and it just fucking works and i think that's part of the genius of this album because this album in a way it's not just an indie rock album um, this album really does, I think, cross genres. Mm-hmm. You have you have definitely an indie rock feel to it. It has a country feel to it. It has a folk feel to it. It has a rock feel to it. There's so much going on there. Oh, that is, 
people can't even see your fucking party foul. Look at this. Look at this fucking guy. I got excited. He got excited. It's a beer I've never had before. I know. He got excited for a beer he never had before and the fact that I'm going to finally tell him who the female voice is on the album is none other, and this is, goes back to the, the how this album seems to hit so many genres, than Emmy Lou Harris. I still don't know who that is. Emmy Lou... <laughs> I, I, I read the name and I'm like, I know that's the thing. I know the name. I have no idea who it is. Wow. Emmy Lou Harris is 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 an amazing singer on her own and is basically a huge uh country singer. Okay. Um, you know, your daughter probably has no idea who she is, even though she swears she's yeah. country. Um uh Emmy Lou Harris uh is is you know, she's been around for a long time. Um I think she's like seventy five now, something like that. Here's a funny thing that I also found found out too. Willie Nelson quote about Emmy Lou Harris. He said there are two types of men in these world in this world, men who love Emmy Lou Harris, and people who haven't met her. <laughs> and and I have some I have some Emmy Lou Harris uh, records that um, I think so so an Oswald Record Garage. Um, I have a lot of records, right? And so I'm trying to get as many listed as as I can. Um, Sometimes it becomes very difficult, even though I fucking want to. I really, truly want to. It. I want to listen to every single album I list for sale. Yeah. But that is very difficult to do just because of the time constraints and trying to get it going. And, you know, um, it's just not possible. So there are albums that I will um, visually grade based on value. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if it's a lower value record, I don't necessarily listen to it. I'll give it, I'll give you a good visual description. I'll tell you that it's visually graded. Um, and, uh, but it's usually a lower price point, like less than $5 for a record. Sorry, I'm checking beers in here. It's all talking. good. It's all good. Um, <laughs> some of the albums though, that are, it doesn't just, just because something's at a lower price point doesn't automatically mean that I'm not going to listen to it. Mm. And the albums that I have for Emmy Lou Harris are a lower price point um for for resale value however every single album i have of hers i listen to yeah you know because they're because because it's fucking emmy lou harris and the shit's good we never got our coasters Mm-mm. i just realized that as you fucking had yeah this i know beer oh. ring Ooh. so while paul's talking about coasters another beer that i picked up on the way over here is grand cacao by uh cacao, cacao. it's a <laughs> local brewery um how far, how, how far is Hershey from here? It's about two hours. Yeah. Two hours away from here. Um, Hershey, Pennsylvania is called Trogues. Um, Paul and I actually had the benefit of um, having a, essentially a private, a private tour, tour. Yes. because we didn't know that you have to make reservations to tour a brewery. Mm-hmm. But but they we, do have one but, public tour yeah, every day. They have one walk-in tour, and Paul and I just happened to get there 15 minutes before it started, and nobody else fucking signed up for it. So, so we... It was, Literally, just some guy from the brewery walked me and Paul through the brewery, yep. like by ourselves. We got we got we got uh, uh, a private private uh, tour without it supposed to be private of Trogues. Now, the only downside was is that we were there on a Sunday, and they don't brew Sunday. on Sunday. Right, they don't brew. Right, right. But we still got to try some yeah. beers on the way. We got a cool glass at the end of the tour. Um, so if you take your kids to Hershey Park. Um, you can drop them. Is, is literally yes. right up the street. You can drop them <laughs> off at the wave pool and then go over to Troves um, and get the brown butter popcorn. Oh, dude! Every time I talk, amazing. Every time I talk about Troves beer, I talk about their fucking brown butter popcorn yeah, man, at that, that shit, brewery. That shit was so good. But yeah, no, that that was cool. That was that was a good time. And yes, I've had this beer before. Um, I bought 
I buy a lot of uh, sampler packs, and this was part of it. And you know, it's it's decent. I'm not I'm not huge on chocolate porters or chocolate stouts. I enjoy them. I gave um, I gave it a four out of five. If you want to follow me on Untapped, a underscore w i e s e. Wait, do you follow me on Untapped? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Now that I think about it, I do follow you, but I just completely forgot to ch- to. Uh... Let me edit this real quick. Yeah, so I, I'm really – I am on Untapped. I actually don't even know what I'm under. What is my thing? Because I'm on I, there so infrequently. I'll tell you in a second because I'm, yeah. about, to, I'm about to tag you. And um, with you. So you can follow me if you want. Um, but uh, make sure you make sure you cheers my check-ins. If, if people are going to do that, I will make sure I uh, post more of the beers I'm drinking. Uh, I think you're listed as HPaul3. Oh, HPaul3. There you go. So look, look up on Untapped, HPaul3. But um yeah so Emmy Lou Harris is the voice on there and um I I did not know that until today when I was looking you know doing a little bit of research for the um for this episode and and it it's just it's amazing and it, and it made it made so much sense because of of how I thought was the you know kind of multiple genres that this this album really does mm. it it hits and it, and it really is it's really just like a smooth smooth sailing album do you have like a paper towel around here that's not those cloths no just use the cloth it's fine (laughs) i'll just wash it i gotta wash them anyway adam's trying to be all nice well no because i want to clean off my ring that i'm creating so then i can then get a coaster (laughs) yes so actually grab me one too so adam sometimes is very creative just grab me one at random all right i'll scrub you take it at random pick a card any card all right so what what happens is like i said you know back to um, you know, listing records, right? So I try to listen to them and sometimes they skip. And sometimes, um, you know, I mean, people don't want to buy a record that skips. Um, or sometimes it's just one of those things where I'm just like, there's no, there's no market for these records. Nobody wants this record, you know? Um, I mean, maybe somebody does, but ultimately it's a low value and, you know, it'll be on my shelf for years before someone actually buys it. Um, so, I got the idea that I would have Adam turn the records into coasters. So we have a whole stack here. I have a whole bunch of other albums for him to turn into coasters. So um, my coaster here today is uh, John Melton, Paradise Lost, books two and three, which I'm assuming was an audio book on vinyl. So there you go. So that is mine. This actually looks really cool. I like the the old uh, Cademan. I guess that's how you spell it or say it, C-A-E-D-M-O-N. Uh, it's the record label. Uh, it's got the blue and the, the green. I, or, yeah, I think that, I think that's pretty cool. So that's mine. What do you got? Um, correct me if I'm pronouncing this improperly. Uh, Ferrante and Teacher? Uh, Thatcher, I think. Or Thatcher? Something Thatcher? like that. Yeah. Killing Me Softly? There you go. There you go. So, yeah. Nice United Artists Records. Uh, we'll show it up there. Boom. There you go. So, there we go. So, uh, we have a whole stack of them, and like I said, I have a whole bunch more for you to do too. And we'll probably get into content like that. Uh, a lot of Columbia, a lot of Columbia. Yes, yes. Well, you know, that's one of the biggest record labels at the time. So it's true. So, all right. So back to the Bright Eyes album. What are your top three favorite songs from this album? Um, and then I, we'll discuss them. I thought about this a lot on the way up. Number one for me is Poison Oak. Okay. Um, number one is definitely Poison Oak. Number two, probably number two and number three are probably interchangeable uh, for me. But I'd probably go Road to Joy um, for two and or three, and then I'll probably get to go um, just because I enjoy playing the song so much, and 
and I'll tell you why in a minute, but I'm probably going to go uh, first day of my life. Tell your fuck I do. You're going to. Yeah. All, right, all right, go on, go on. Um, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So, for, okay, yeah, so, so first of all, so, what, so, so your first one was Poison Oak. Yeah. Okay, so Poison Oak, I had two songs for my number three, and Poison Oak was one of them. I ended up going with the other one not with not even knowing what you were putting there but i ended mm. up when i listened to it today i went i went back so poison oak what's the second one uh it, it's, it's road to joy road to joy so road to joy is like is, i've already is, said, said it's one probably one my two, yeah. least favorite songs on the album yeah um you know i do i appreciate the whole beethoven reference and you know this that and the other thing it's just it, again it's 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 in my opinion it's it's probably worse than um the first song um, it is the worst song on this album, but still better than some of the best songs on other albums, as, as you had said. And then yeah. the third one is first day of my life. Yeah. Okay. So first, let me just say here about yeah, this song. You, I say, I'm surprised that like first day of my life isn't on the bottom of your list. It's not, it's not, yeah. it's not on the bottom of the list. Cause overall it is a great song. Yeah. It really is. It's a great song. It's a good, um, have you seen the video for that? I've not. That's I've a good, not seen that's a video. good video too. I did. I have not seen a lot of videos. Mm. Um, uh, since since uh, I think in retrospect now that's something I'm also going to try and do I'm going to try to watch the videos for all of the singles cool on the album cool so okay so first day of my life <clears throat> great song really really great song really well written um, some fucking weird chords in there that I don't know how to play um, yeah that's a lot of bright eyes yeah, yeah which is which is which is amazing which is great the musicianship is great songwriting is great here is the thing that bothers me about that song what's that is that I I read that there was an NPR, um, uh, what's it called? An NPR survey of like uh, the best like love songs, mm-hmm. and that was rated like by by listeners as like the top love song, according to like NPR. And I get it. Yes, it's a love song, but it's kind of like a fucked up way to look at relationships, man. When you look like like I get it. okay, yeah. yeah, it's my first day of life. Da, 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 you know, I, I'm so happy I found you. But hey, at the same time. Why don't you just settle for me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like fuck. Why would you settle? The, like the, you know, the I, lyric, the lyric that I wrote down is with these things. There's no telling. You just have to wait and see. I'd rather be working for a paycheck than waiting to win the lottery. Yeah, you know, I've been it's around. It's like I, you're not looking for that fairy tale, yeah. glass slipper kind of love. You're I, looking for the love that's. You're looking for that settle, like Listen, I'm settling and I'm learning to love you. There's, there's something, there's something to be said about that, right? But at the same token, I've been around long enough to fucking know that I am, I, I you know, and I did, I, I, I won the lottery. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have so fucking done trying to work for a paycheck. Working for the paycheck, I'm gonna do after I've hit the fucking lottery. You know yeah. what I mean? So I've, I've, I, and maybe it's just because like you know where i am in my life but like like when i like think about that 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 line in particular it's like no fuck that no hit the lottery hit the lottery yeah and just because you hit the lottery doesn't solve all your problems you still got to work on shit yeah so my personal advice as a father and as an old fucking man who listens to music is hit the fucking lottery and then work for your paycheck do it you know what i mean like it just it just i don't know it just bothered me that that was like considered like the top love song. Like, well, you no, know, fuck my, that noise. the note that I took uh, on my initial listen to the album, my note for this song is every white girl loves this song. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And the reason why I picked this is because A, I enjoy playing it, but B, if you are an aspiring guitar player who also has a thing for a girl or a guy <laughs> or anybody, anybody, play this fucking song for them, you're going to get laid. 
Well, that's the thing. You know, I think people forget that. Like, most people get into music to get laid. Yeah. Boy, men and women. That's not, I mean, I know I know the music industry is unfortunately, and I do say this, I, I truly mean it, is unfortunately male-dominated. Mm. Um, I, I, I see changes of that happening. I hope that continues to change. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody gets into music to get fucking laid yeah. and to get attention. I mean, honestly, to, you know what I it's, mean? We're, it's kind of, you know who says it, you know who says it best, um, in Dazed and Confused, they're talking about how, um, it's right after they give them the, the pledge, the football players, the pledge to like not drink or do drugs uh-huh. or whatever like that. And, um, Pink gets all fucking like bent out of shape about it, yeah. and he's like, "Why don't we just like start a band?" He's like, "I'll bet you we do just as well with the chicks if like we were in a band or something." <laughs> like everybody does. And it's the truth. It's everybody the truth. does everything yeah. to get laid. Yeah. No matter what it is, play sports, play music, yeah. do whatever fucking yeah. your hobby is, and, and it's, you're doing it to get laid. And it's one of those things where like you get into it to get laid, and then some, a very small percentage get into it to get laid but it's like oh fuck i could actually make some money doing yeah. this and and it becomes their career um which is pretty awesome so my top three favorite songs on this album are number one is we are nowhere and it's now yeah. number two lua mm-hmm. fucking love that song number three it, i had a mix between these two songs one was poison oak and mm-hmm. after listening to it today i cut i took it off and it's landlocked blues landlocked blues so the the three actually four when I first got an acoustic guitar, the four songs I learned how to play off this album are We Are Nowhere and It's Now, Landlocked Blues, Poison Oak, and At the Bottom of Everything. Mm-hmm. In that order. Okay. Um, they, it is a very... Uh, they're, they're, it, they're Landlocked Blues and We Are Nowhere and It's Now. They both have the female... Yes. Have um, Emily Lou... Emily Lou Harris. Emily Lou Harris. Mm-hmm. Harris. 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 Um... They're both really good songs. The the notes I have for them when we uh, for we are nowhere and it's now, the drums in it are really fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um, she takes a small silver reef and pins it onto me and says, "This one will bring you luck." I don't know if it's true, but I keep it for good luck. I mm-hmm. like the idea of like someone gives you something that they believe in, yep. and you don't believe in it, but you're gonna hang yep. on to it for the just, just in, in case, case it fucking <laughs> it actually does fucking work. It's like Catholicism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, where's my land? Where's Landlocked Blues? Landlocked Blues. Um, I used to I used to play the song. This is like one of the first Bright Eyes songs I learned how to play. It uh, again, it, Bright Eyes songs kind of like this and Lua especially. Lua and this are like to what I when I think Bright Eyes songs, I think of those two songs because Bright Eyes songs a lot of times will be in. When I first started playing guitar and I first started writing songs, in my head, the way you wrote a song was verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, repeat. Mm. Um, to quote um, Tim Barry. Tim Barry. Yes. Um, you, so, and there was a different chord progression for your verse and a different chord progression for your chorus, a mm-hmm. different chord progression for your bridge. When I first started listening to Bright Eyes, I, I realized, oh shit, you don't have to write songs like that. Yep. Because Bright Eyes is literally the same guitar riff the entire time the entire the same chord progression and strumming pattern pretty much the entire time depending on the song yeah yeah okay. uh-huh. um and this album that's a lot yeah. landlocked blues and lou uh-huh. are two of the biggest um are big the two of the biggest um criminals of that in that uh mm-hmm. stance um so in reality like i love landlocked blues but in reality it's kind of a boring song uh, i mean i get no no and that's it's the thing. boring I in get... the sense of like it's the same thing over and over again yeah 
But I love the song. I love the there's kids playing guns in the uh, yep. there's kids playing guns in the street and one's pointing his tree branch at me. Yeah. Well, and I so think I that's what I up. what I like yeah. about that because like I've been in that situation. It's like, yo, dude, this is done. You go that way, I go my way, mm. and just just like let's just fucking like clean break, and and same thing. Like it's it's funny because as much as I I said like, you know, uh, first day of my life is a fucked up way to look at relationships. Mm-hmm. Lua is actually probably the dude is probably the or whatever it's supposed to be um is probably the most fucking honest mm-hmm. in a relationship and it's probably like hey you get that kind of honesty this person's a mess but maybe i you know should look into this a little more when it when it, the line is a uh, is basically like uh you know me i'm not a gamble you can you can count on me to split like yeah. listen i'm gonna fucking tell you you know the love yeah. i show you in the evening in the morning it doesn't exist it's, yeah. it's I, there's there's some there's some I, I'm, a, I'm a really comfort in in honesty about i'm that, a really you know? big fan of of because the lyric i wrote down for lure was we might die from medication but at least we killed the pain <laughs> yeah. in what is normal in the evening by the morning sounds insane yeah i love the, which I've, I've been in those situations yeah, yeah i really love the the whole that's throughout the entire song is mm-hmm. something in the evening is something at nighttime is different by the daytime yeah i think it's not only like him like you said being honest with look the one thing you can count on is that I'm, you can't count on me. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's it, it, like, that's why I specifically picked this line. Cause he's talking about the, we might die from medication, but at least we killed the pain. Like, like you're like, the one thing you can count on is that like, I'm, I'm going to flake. I'm not going to be there. And when I am, I'm going to be fucked up. Yep. <laughs> and like, they, it, I just like the, like, yeah. And when I'm fucked up, everything sounds great. Like, I love you. Yep, yep. But in the morning when I'm sober, I yeah, want, no, no, I what don't want to fucking, do, I don't want to do it. And it's, and it's, and it's a weird, it's like, it's a weird comfort in, in the honesty of that song. So, mm. Yeah. So that's, that's, that are my, those are my top three um, songs there. What and, was uh, my, I said Poison Oak, Poison Oak, Road to Joy, and uh, last day, first day of my life. First day of my life. Yeah. For Poison Oak, Poison Oak, my note was literally just my, that might that might be my favorite album on the uh, song on the album. Um, I'm glad you got away, but I'm still stuck here. My clothes are soaking wet from your brother's tears. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of like the way he's talking about like essentially suffering. Like he's he's being inconvenient. His clothes are soaking wet from your brother's tears. Right, right. He's being inconvenienced by shit that's not even his shit. Yep. Um. I really enjoyed that. Road to Joy. Um, my note was just fuck it up, always make some noise. Yeah. Um, I always. So, lo- so that's the song where, you know, like I said, like um, I felt like how I said earlier, like I felt this album was very um, easy mm. to write and probably, I mean, again, I'm, I'm just basing this on my, my own um, experience of writing music and writing songs. Um, Whereas I feel like this album was probably, you know, it came, it came along very easily. Um, except that road to joy feels, uh, feels like they're trying and it's a little overproduced. Yeah. Um, the compared to the rest of the album, I I might be as so bold as to say road to joy. And again, I'm saying this as this being one of my top three favorite songs on the album road to joy in retrospect now, like, when I first listened to the song in 2005, 2006, I loved the song. And I was like, oh, that's awesome that he did that. But, you know, he, 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 you know, played off of Ode to Joy. 
in retrospect now as a 32 year old man who like has lived more than a fucking 15 year old boy mm-hmm. um it's it seems kind of gimmicky yeah okay no, all right all right listen let's just talk about that last statement there for a second as a 15 year old boy you I, lived yeah. way more than a lot of 30 year old men it's true <laughs> um <clears throat> so let's yeah. yeah it's true um, but I have, I've had more, all right, I've had more life experience than the life experience I had when I was 15. <laughs> there you go. But it seems, it seems almost kind of gimmicky at this, like in, in, in a way. Yeah. Um, the lyric I wrote down was, uh, it's, and, and honestly, it's, a, and it might just be because this was like the first song I mean, me and Zach always talk about how that, um, your, your initial, um, your initial exposure to a band is always generally going to be your favorite version of that band right yep um so it might just be because this was the first song by bright eyes i heard okay but this lyric is always stuck out to me as a bright eyes lyric was i have my drugs i have my woman they keep away my loneliness my yeah. parents they have their religion but sleep in separate houses no it's yeah no and uh, like lyrically it's a good song I just, mm-hmm. yeah no that and that is, yeah. that's some that's some cool phrasing there um poison oak poison oak might be my favorite bright eyes song to play okay um I love the um, um, I love the the way that in uh, the way that it uh, what's it called? Um, it starts off it starts off kind of slow, kind of melancholy, and then has that crescendo part. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved that because like, I've all, I've said to people I've pl- I've told them to listen to that song, and I was like, a lot of times in shit you it people just sound like they're playing it to to play it and get it done. To me, when you listen to Poison Oak, you can hear the, you can actually hear emotion behind mm-hmm. it. Yep. Um, which I've always enjoyed. Uh, which is, like I said, that's why it almost, it almost made it on my top three. Mm-hmm. And that's why, like, literally, like, with my pad here. So, so Adam, Adam's all fancy and millennial and puts things on his little, uh, was that Chromebook or whatever it's, that is? It's a Chromebook. Chromebook. I, I fucking and, hate Chromebooks, by the and way. And I, um, I got to write all my shit down on Well, normally pad. what I do, because I take notes, I've been taking notes for this the same way I take notes for Summer Movie Club, and I just put it all on my notes. If you go onto my notes app on my phone, I have every movie that we've ever covered. I have notes for every movie that okay. we've ever covered nice. on, uh, on Summer Movie Club. And now I have, so I have uh, three folders, just general notes, which uh-huh. is just bullshit, and usually ends up being scorecards for like when me and Katie play baseball and we play darts, <laughs> or when we play rummy or something like that. Um, and then I have a summer movie club folder and now a country hipster folder. Nice. Um, nice. Oh, so- speaking speaking of darts, to cut you off. Um, um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking particle where I'm, we're, I'm looking at the outdoor record garage where our dartboard will eventually go and you will be able to, you know, we'll, we'll show it every now and then. But I'm thinking just like, just like regular particle board, like, like the fucking doors here. Yeah. That's not that. particle board. That's not particle board. That's OSB. Oh, that's, it stands for oriented strand board. Basically it's just little tiny strips of wood all pressed together with uh, resin. Well, that's cheaper, right? Um, it might be now in the heart of COVID, like normally a sheet of that would be like 15 bucks. Okay. When like COVID was in full swing, that shit was like 60 bucks a sheet. Was it really? Oh yeah. shit. Okay. Well, like lumber prices went up and it, you know, it wasn't even the lumber part of it that's expensive. It was the mm-hmm. resin part of it. That yeah. Was, okay. That was making it oh, so no, expensive. But yeah. like a sheet of that during the height of COVID was like as expensive as some like hardwood plywoods are. Oh shit. On, in, in the normal times. Okay. Well. At any rate, I'm but thinking, I think it's gone down, and I okay. think it's—I think it may be like twenty bucks a sheet. Whatever the cheapest shit is, we can do. We can put over there and mm-hmm. still hang the dartboard. Yeah, you know what I mean. So that way, when we get drunk and we miss the dartboard, yeah. I don't fucking care. 
So, and we'll probably put tons of stickers on it and stuff like that too. Yeah. But you can't see that, so that doesn't really help you, you guys with the visual. It. It's not there yet, but you guys we just have like fucking solid, hold your you know, one one shot chill the whole time. So yeah, fucking you know, Linda, yes. Linda, Linda, listen. Oh, not Karen, Linda, huh? God damn, you know that video? No. Oh, it's just like little kid. Like this woman's like yelling at the kid, and the kid's just like Linda, Linda, listen. <laughs> <laughs> you never That's saw good. that before? No, I never uh, saw that before. I'll have to look that up. I'll have to look that up. So, um, so overall thoughts, we love Bright Eyes, I'm Wide Awake, it's morning. I personally hate the rest of the Bright Eyes albums, mm-hmm. um, there we will. At some point, we're not going to talk about which album it is, but there is, and it's the only, it is, in our whole full podcast, this is the only album where we have crossover artists of, um, in, in Adam's albums and my albums of the, uh, the 25, um, each. Although I did think you mentioned um, when we recorded the pilot, if I hadn't already included an album in my 25, it would have been your album that you gifted to somebody. Yes. Because you gifted it to me. Yes, 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 absolutely. So um, so one of the things we want to talk about, too, and we, we, we're going to do um, as far as just keeping... And, and you know what? It doesn't matter. It's just fun. It's yeah. just a fun thing to do. So... Um, one of the things we're going to keep track of is with our albums. And honestly, like we, we literally, I didn't look it up. We didn't, we didn't, I didn't look up any of this. I didn't look up Adam's albums. I didn't look up my albums is the overall value of our 25, uh, albums or like the resell value, not the original, um, uh, value. Cause you know, depending on the album, some have gone up, some have gone down, um, and the way that I always find the, the value of amount of an album is that I look it up on Discogs, right? And so, so well, Paul's about to start talking about because he's pulling the record out. I had no idea. I just saw. I've always seen it, mm-hmm. had no fucking clue. And then Paul taught me what all of the bullshit on the inside, the little blank yeah. space on the inside of the record. So, means. so for people who don't know, right? So, you know, you have your album. It has the different grooves. It's pressed with the wax. Um, and then there is uh, between where the songs end and the label of the of the album, it's called the dead wax, right? Um, for those of you who are familiar, is that, is that what it's like? Is that like a so, like, yeah? It's a dead wax. It's a good yeah. name for a punk band. Uh, there might be a there punk probably band called, is. there probably is a punk band called the Dead Wax. I'm gonna Google it while you're talking. Another okay, so so go off topic. Another cool like. <laughs> Wait, no, fuck it. We talked about it in the pilot. My Black Cat Stevens. We talked about that, didn't we? Yeah. Okay, fuck it. I'm not going to talk about it again. I'm Irish and German. And as an Irishman, I tend to tell stories, the same stories over and over again. I will uh, start to tell a story and my wife. There is a there band, is, there there is is a band, band called, called Dead Wax, Wax, which is a good fucking punk band. I will, I will start to tell a story and my wife will go like, yeah, you already told me about this. I'm like, well, no, no, no. Did I tell you this part? She's like, you already told me about that part. So, you know, but at any rate. Um, I and I can also say my girlfriend does the same thing to me, but luckily, I don't know how your Katie is, but my Katie is nice enough to go. You've told me this already, but go ahead. We're married, so yeah, no, no. no. she just stops me, and we have a we have a newborn, so she doesn't have time for my bullshit. Yeah, you know, that's what it comes down to. So, but at any rate, if you are new to record collecting, or you're new to discogs, or you want to resell your records, or you just want to see what the value of your record is, or you know, maybe you just want to know what are those little fucking numbers in. So in the dead wax, which is between where the grooves are, that where the songs end, and the label, sometimes, most times, 
there's numbers. Okay, a lot of those numbers are um, catalog numbers, which come from the record label. Um, they also come from the pressing plant. Um, the older records, so when you get into records from the 50s, 60s, 70s, um, that was the only way to tell um, what label, what pressing plant it was from, um, what, you know, uh, the, 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 when it was pressed, is it a repress? Is it original pressing? Um, and there were a lot more obviously back in the day, cause you had vinyl records. That's how you listen to music. Um, so there were a lot more pressing plants, uh, look, pressing plants. I've been mm. drinking a little bit. Yeah. Um, so most of the used records that I have, a lot of the, a lot of the older records I have, um, because of this area are either Pittman pressings or Terra Hoot or Terra Hout. I don't know if I'm saying that right. How's it spelled? H A U T E. H A U T. Yeah. I would say Hout. -E. Yeah, I'd probably say Hout too. So a lot of them. So Actually, I might say Hot. Because A U going. is like audio. Okay, A U. So I might say Hot. So there you go. Um, so Terra Hot and Pittman pressings. Um, when I get into the real old ones, I've had some like Sinatra stuff are Scranton pressing. So like, I guess there was a pressing plant in Scranton, Pennsylvania, uh, the same place where they, uh, did, uh, what's that fucking show? The office, the office. There you go. I was going to say office space, but yeah. I knew that wasn't right. I believe you have Miss Dibbler. Yes. But, uh, Ms. Dibbler. but anyway, so sometimes there are the, the, well, there's always the catalog number and sometimes it's a side. Sometimes there's other little notes in there to kind of make it special to the pressing, like whatever it is. So that's ultimately how you verify uh, what records you have. So, you know, when I, when I'm looking at stuff, I go on the discogs, I go to the section where you can list an item for sale, whether you're buying or you're selling, you have access to that. You put in the catalog number and sometimes you have fucking 50 different versions of an album. Come yeah. out. Sometimes there's one or two, um, in the eighties, late seventies, very late seventies and not many records it, it worked on. But in the late 70s and then into the 80s um, became uh, when the UPC and the barcode became a big deal. Which, by the way, did you know Did you know that the UPC and the barcode was created at Drexel University right here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? Huh. And it was it was created as this is the useless fucking knowledge I have as as a 46 uh, year old dad. Um, the reason it was created was as a way to keep track of inventory in grocery stores makes sense and it and it came from uh drexel university of the the barcode and the scanner hmm. so in the 80s that made its way to uh records so generally if you have something that was pressed in the 80s you can look it up by the barcode oh, okay. and then it comes up and it'll show you all the different pressings, but then you have to look at the dead wax to verify which pressing you have. Because even in the 80s, there was still a ton of uh, pressing plants. There's Pittman, there's Terra Halpins. And from what you've told me before, like there's people who, like some plants made better pressings yes. than others. So there's people who only will collect from a certain plant. Which is true. And that is still the case. So yeah. even though there's a limited number of pressing plants, although there are more opening up. And from what I actually just read the other day... Um, Metallica, the band, bought a Napster. vinyl record. They bought Napster. They bought Napster. No, they <laughs> bought a vinyl record pressing plant. Oh, okay. So I mean, you know, um, where? I don't know. I didn't look. That I don't far know where. Into I don't know where Metallica's I, like originated from. So I, 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 I wasn't. I don't know. I don't know where. Fuck. No. I know that they, they, uh, 
one of the cool things i think it is the master of puppets is it master of puppets or ride the light i think it's master of puppets um they actually take a picture on a bridge it has the four of them on this bridge well that bridge is up in trenton new jersey it is really? the Trenton takes. No, it's oh, it's a, that? oh, okay. There's a bridge, and on the and in what's Trenton, the name of that bridge? Because I always refer to it as the Trenton. Nah, I don't know if takes. it has a real name. That's how I oh, how yeah. I yeah. You know, but it but it, it but it, there's this bridge in New Jersey that connects Pennsylvania to New Jersey, uh, and and specifically Marsville to Trenton, New Jersey, and there's a bridge that has these big red letters across that says uh, Trenton makes. makes the world takes. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, that their picture on the back of that, which I believe is master of puppets is filmed on that bridge or taken on that bridge. Cause they, um, recorded that album in the studio, I believe in new hope, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, which is also in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where I live. Um, and probably about a half hour from where, where, uh, I am in Ottsville, Pennsylvania. Um, is it master of puppets? I don't know. He's looking it up. All right. Well, at any, at any rate. So, yes. Yeah, so, so you use the dead wax and that's how you verify the, the, the pressing. Um, this one was easy. So, so what actually made this even easier? Like I said, yep. Uh, no, that's not, that's not. okay. It must be one of the other ones. At any rate. So what, what made this one easier for me to, to figure out which version of the bright eyes album I had. Um, and I was able to determine it was the 2016 remastered version was the barcode. So a lot of times when you redo pressings, you know, even though it's like a different version, like you might have like a 1985 version and then like a 2005 version of an album, whatever, whatever it is, they'll still have the same barcode. Um, this one, for whatever reason, 2016 remastered versions um, did not, it has a separate barcode than the 2005 version and also the 2014 repressing. Um, so I was able to very quickly determine that uh, I have a 2016 remastered version, uh, which was remastered by Bob Ludwig, which we talked about earlier, and has been discontinued. So the version I have is no longer in press. Um, so you can't get the 2016 uh, remastered version. Um, we had mutually agreed that regardless, we were going to set our condition of the records of the media as very good plus. So there's all the different conditions of media from mint, which is an unopened album to poor, which is an album that is just shit that, that has a lot of noise and a lot of pops and a lot of skips. Um, you know, just, just because, you know, like technically if I were to, as, as, as an outsider sell my version of this album, I would probably actually put it at near mint because I know how much I've played it yeah. when I've played it. The condition it's in, I can look at it. But to, for fairness across the board, we're putting it at very good plus. So I'm actually jumping right in and fucking kicking ass on the uh, the value square because when I put this into Discogs today, my very good value for my copy of this album, the suggested retail comes up as seventy eight fucking dollars. Really, seventy eight dollars for the for the version that I have right now in the condition that it's in. Just out of curiosity. Um, how quickly could you look up the value of a record? Very quickly. All right, can you real quick, while we're on the air, look up the value of mine, just so we can see whose version of A Might Awake It's Morning is worth more? Yep. Let's see. Let's see. Mine doesn't have a barcode on it. Yours does not have a barcode. Uh, 
I do not see the catalog number. Um, usually the catalog number will be on the spine. Or oh, wait. Be on the back. LBJ72. Uh, J72? Yeah, LBJ-72. Oh, L there you go. LBJ-72. Doing this right now. We're going to do it, the format on vinyl. We're going to hit search. Oh, there it is. Okay, so like I said, I believed yours was an original pressing. Um, this is the 2,580-gram uh, vinyl. And on this, I can go down and I can see the different uh, barcodes and other identifiers. This, this cover does not have a barcode on it, but it probably had a sleeve similar to mine. And I'm going to look at the etchings. LBG... 72-B, there's the KPG at ATM, there is, yep, so this is indeed a 2000, as as confirmed by the etchings on the dead wax, which we just talked about, this is a uh, 2005 pressing, it's 180 gram vinyl, which is generally a little bit better uh, vinyl, um, yours, if we put it in, excuse me, at the very good. Now, this does not count towards Adam's numbers. No, no, this is just this is just this, out of curiosity because we both have the same album. So yours is twenty six dollars. Suggested retail on Discogs is twenty six dollars. Really? Yes. The median price of it right now is fifty dollars, and the average is fifty one sixty five. Near mint would be about a hundred. Right now, there's twenty four listed for sale, um, but it suggested retail, and they they do their suggested retail based off of the overall sale history of that version of that pressing. So yours being the 2005 um, 180 gram pressing is worth $26. Mine being the 2016 remastered version, because probably because of that Bob Ludwig guy um, is worth $78. Yeah, as you say, it's, it's interesting to me that an original pressing of it will be less than a remastered version of it. Depends on the artist. Yeah. You know, so so that's where we are. So right now I have the lead at 78 to nothing, and that is only because this is our first episode. Um, we did discuss this, and I actually said that I felt overall that Adam's 25 records, their value will actually be higher than my 25 records. Reason being is because, like, I've looked at what he has. He has a lot more newer releases, mm -hmm. a lot more newer stuff. Some of the stuff I picked. Did you just fart? No, I went. Oh, okay. <laughs> I suck my I suck my teeth a lot. Sorry. So, uh, me, I, I, I have some uh, new pressings, re-releases, original pressings, but I have also the, a fair amount of older used vinyl in there as well, and not necessarily of artists that are necessarily considered desirable. Yeah. You know? Um, but you know, so that's, that's where we are right now. I am at $78. That's really fucking amazing to me that like you could, um, like set fucking almost 80 bucks for a fucking bright eyes album. It's fucking wild to me. It, it is. It is wild. Um, some, uh, well, okay. So here's the thing. Yes. If I were to list my personal copy for sale, I would probably list it around that price. Right. Um, but it's my copy. It's mine. I'm not getting rid of it. Here's the cool fucking thing, though, that we are doing here in regards to the Country Hipster podcast is that all of the records that we talk about, if you go to OttsvilleRecordGarage.com, which at this point I'm still working on building the inventory, but it is a live website. And um, and also by the time this launches, I hope to have been updated as much as I want to that I really start promoting it. 
you can actually go onto the website. You can go down to the bottom and look about the Country Hipster Podcast. And in there is a link of the albums that we have discussed on the Country Hipster Podcast. Um, right now, there's a few albums on there, and I did not update the... But it's uh, funny because there's there's three albums, and we've only talked about two because Paul's an idiot. Yes, because I'm an idiot, <laughs> yes. So, um, but um, you can go to the Country Hipster website, and you can go to that section, and you can go to Bright Eyes, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning, and it is currently available for twenty four ninety nine. This is um, not the 2016 repressing. Uh, this is uh, another repressing of this album that is available, but still probably sounds amazing. Uh, looks like actually this one is the 2022 release because I do have the release date listed there. Um, and it is available uh, to purchase for $24.99 from Oddsville Record Garage. Now, I don't currently, at the time of the recording of this podcast, I do not currently have it in stock. However... It is available from the distributor. Um, I know that because I put it on my shelf for my next shipment from the distributor to get it in-house here at the Oddsville Record Garage. So what's kind of cool is if you go to any of our listings, if you go on OddsvilleRecordGarage.com and you go to a used record, if I have it in here in the garage, you're going to be able to purchase it right there. Used records because I have them. I have thousands of used records here. I'm in the process of updating the inventory and uh, getting that all listed onto the website. It's, I'm not there yet as of the time we're recording this. Hopefully by the time you're seeing this, I am there or in the process of being there at a comfortable level at any rate. Um, but new records, it's a little bit more difficult. So I don't carry a ton of new records in stock, but what I do have is a section where you can get notified when it becomes available. So if you were to go on the website right now and I do not, if I at that time do not have a copy of Bright Eyes, I'm Wide Awake in Morning, it's morning, I'm Wide Awake, it's morning, there is a red tab that you can click that says notify me when it's available. So you click on that tab, you put on your email address if you want to send me a little message that says, hey, Paul, you're a douchebag and your opinions on music is stupid. That's fine too. It's accurate. I will see, number one, that you think I'm a douchebag. I will also see number two, that you are interested in purchasing this record. What I will do is I will then turn around and I will order that record from a distributor and get it into the garage. Or maybe not if you call him a douchebag, but <laughs> no, actually I probably still will. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I get it into the garage. I, I receive it into my inventory. And then as soon as I receive it into my inventory without me doing another fucking thing, I've automated it so that you then receive an email. that says, Hey, you wanted to know when Bright Eyes, I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning is in stock. At that point, if you have the money and you want to purchase it, you know exactly where you can go to get it. Um, if you don't, no big diff. It's not your problem. It's my problem. I'll have it on my shelf until someone wants to buy it. Um, so I don't do pre-orders. Not going to sell you something that I don't have on hand. But you can know that I'll try to get it in for you. And, I, and when I get it in, you'll know it's in. Um, so that's what we're going to do. You know, that's what we're going to do here. This album here, it will be updated. So it's jumps on the country hipster podcast albums on the uh, website here. And we'll continue updating that as we go along. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the commercial for the Oddsville record garage. Congratulations. Oddsville record garage.com. Also, we're on Dick's, uh, discog. So if you look up Oddsville rec garage, because they only give you so many characters, you will find us as well. Um, 
look us up on Instagram. Um, you can also look up the Country Hipster on TikTok. And so what's up with the Summer Movie Club? What's going on with you guys right now? Um, what the hell is up with us? Um, I have an episode that I have to edit. Um, uh, I can't remember if we talked about it in the pilot, but um, uh, the the parent that Paul and I share, uh, our dad, um, spent some time in the hospital um, right after Christmas, the Christmas holiday. Um, and so Zach and I took a break uh, from the summer movie club because um, him being in the hospital. I got promoted. Um, Zach was uh, uh, courting suitors, if you will. <laughs> um, so we took a took a pause. Um, we've since come back. We released an episode uh, on Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars Episode Five, um, and we just recorded an episode, which I'm probably going to release tomorrow, um, on uh, Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story. Nice. Um, and uh, I think I actually have to watch the movie. I think we're our, the plan is to record tomorrow as well, which means I have to watch a, a very shitty movie from 1996 called The Warriors of Virtue, <sighs> which I picked to cover, so I can't really talk that much shit about it. Um, but it's just shitty by nature. Um, naughty by nature. Naughty by nature. There you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's um, I I I feel like I I I found the 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 loophole and those where i you know i always refer to um my brother zach as my best friend so i you know i started a podcast with him so i could have i could set aside time where i could sit down and talk to my best friend about one of the things we enjoy the most season season one's always been chopped liver if you were wondering um (laughs) i i i've always i've always said that of season one and season two me and paul probably get along the most probably yeah um so now I have another podcast where I have scheduled time to sit down and talk to another one of my best friends. There you go. So, um, right? Right? Um, I, I will say just like, I mean, you know, just, you know, the whole dynamic of season one, season two, even even though I'm part of season one, um, you know, there's two there's two older in season one, uh, Michael and then Brian, who's no longer with Brian. Rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. And then season two um there's zach kylie and adam um of all of both seasons i probably identify the most with with you as well so there you go we're, we're being brotherly love here i mean when you think about it it's we're both the youngest mm-hmm. both the both the greatest we're both the, we're seasons. both the best of the seasons. Cool seasons best best backstories of both seasons yeah um i think we're probably the the, the main characters of our seasons yeah yeah i mean when you think about it, like i was just thinking in in, in terms of um we're both the youngest. We're both uh, musically. We both mm-hmm. uh, we're very similar because we both play just a, a menagerie of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, we both have an affinity for vinyl. Yes. But even when you get deeper, we both. I mean, I had a kid younger than you did, but we yes. both had our first children very young. Out of out of wedlock and very yeah. young indeed. Yes. We're both raging alcoholics. That that is pretty evident tonight. So yeah, we're so it's 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 not just the the. The, the hobbies uh, that we have uh, this a similar interest in, but our our lives are very uh, mere. We're both divorced. Yes. yes. So. Well, are you officially divorced? You still yeah. working? Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah! Congratulations! Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, there you go. Mm. 
So yeah, we both um, we both we're both we both have uh, you know, we're both we both have three kids. We're mm-hmm. both divorced. We're yeah. both uh, you know, trying to figure out our lives post that bullshit. There but... you go. Yeah, yeah. I think I figured out mine. Um, I'm still I'm still getting. You're there. still working on it. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, still working on it. All right, so um, to to wrap things up, let's bring out the box of Michael, the crudely box. I of wish Rush. I, I wish I had a top so I could spin it better. Yeah, right. So we're I'm gonna mix these up some more, right? And so I picked the first one, right? So Adam is gonna pick the next one, and then uh, we're gonna see what our next episode is. Just so you guys know. The intention of these episodes is to be about 45 minutes to an hour long, right? Um, our pilot episode before editing has clocked in around an hour and 47 minutes. Right now we are at an hour and 43 minutes on this one. And uh, you might just have to hang out with us for a while. So so looking at it, just, just before I open it, I'm pretty sure this is my handwriting. Because a lot of times when I... I have number 48... Sorry, number 48. I blocked the microphone with my arm. 48. Um, A lot of times when I make my number eights, I tend to not close the top of them. So I think this might actually be one of mine. We will see. As to what the next, what season one, episode two will be all about. Just out of curiosity, how do you open an envelope? Do you open it from the top or do you open it from the side? The top. Oh, I open it from the side. (sighs) Says the man who hates greeting cards. Yeah. Oh, this is definitely my handwriting. Oh! We talked about him on this episode. Do you want to take a guess? Who, who do we talk about on this episode? I don't know. I've been drinking and I got to piss. Uh, for, for the next episode, we'll be covering Willie Nelson's Stardust. Oh, Willie Nelson's Stardust. Yeah. All right, go grab it. Go grab it let's, from your side there. Let's find out where the fuck it is. All right. So I'm going to take my copy, my album here, Bright Eyes. This is, These are all of my albums that by 25 over there where Adam is going through is his 25. And I'm going to move it over. So as we go about this podcast here, you will see these move over. Now, if you're just listening to our podcast and not actually watching the video, you will not know what we're talking about. So I'll be Mr. Radio visual a little bit. We have two cases behind us that have uh, a smattering of vinyl records. Adam is now holding up his copy of Willie Nelson's Stardust. I'm actually pretty fucking excited about this. Um, you know, um, one of the cool things about this podcast with, uh, you know, like our age what, difference. What did I say earlier? Days. Columbia. Columbia. Um, and our uh, difference of, you know, some bands that, that we probably like better than others. Um, this is one that, like, is from Adam's collection that I'm actually pretty excited about uh, doing the, uh, the podcast about. Which so, I feel like there's maybe, maybe one other album <laughs> oh no there, there's definitely one other album i think there's a couple other yeah. where i'm just like oh this will be cool too so there you go so episode two will be about willie nelson stardust and uh that's all we got you got anything to add there adam um no all right should we get stoned for the next episode no, no. well maybe actually that'd be probably pretty fitting, fitting no. for willie nelson but okay so on that note it is. Uh, this is the end of the Country Hipster Podcast. My name is Paul. This is my brother, Adam. And uh, it is time to... Mama! Mama!